dismantling systemic oppression, strengthening local economies, fostering equity and inclusion, cultivating communities for social good. We are motivated to leave the world a more just and compassionate place than we found it. A lofty goal? Maybe. An unreachable goal? Absolutely not. This is Impact Out Loud, the podcast that empowers bold impact for good, powered by Prospera Partners. Your hosts, Vicky Pazaban, Eileen Everett, and Ray Miller, aren't pulling any punches. They are diving deep, unpacking the challenges facing the nonprofit and social sectors, what is and isn't working, and offering systems-level solutions to address the truly transformational leadership that's needed for social enterprises to better their communities. This is the Impact Out Loud podcast. Now here are your hosts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Impact Out Loud. It's great to be back with you and great to see Eileen and Ray again. It's a very rainy, rainy day here in New Mexico. And uh, we're having technical difficulties. We're having all sorts of things going on. And what we had planned on doing today in this episode is not happening. So instead, we're going to talk about, as Eileen called it in our prep radical acts of wellness, because we, as a team, are really invested in each other's personal wellness and making sure that we are all well and able to function and perform in our work, but also very much supportive of each other and not doing that when we need to. I mean, not, not, not taking care of ourselves. I don't know what I'm going to say today. It's just one of those days. We're going to roll with it, as I said. So, Anyway, that's our intro. Roll with us today as we talk about radical wellness. Hi, Eileen. Hi, Ray. Good to see you both. We love getting a little messy. I wonder if Eileen wants to expand on that a little bit more. Well, let's let's do some check-ins with one another first. And and I want to start out by saying, yes, I, flexibility and all the things. And I actually kind of thrive when things don't go as planned, I realized. And it's part of the reason I think I was such a good educator for so long is you have a plan and I always like to have a plan. And it's actually when things don't go exactly according to plan that it opens up space for new things. That's so interesting. And I think it's especially true looking around at the weather outside in New Mexico is I think back to a year ago when it was so dry and we had these really devastating wildfires going on, impacting so many families, wildlife, forests, communities in New Mexico. And the impacts of those fires from a year ago, we'll see impacts from those fires for for many years, maybe even many generations right now. So all of that's true. And in the spirit of multiple truths, we're having a spring in New Mexico that is literally completely polar opposite to how the conditions were last year, that it's been filled with rain. We have plants blooming that haven't bloomed in years. Animals and birds and things are migrating through that are different. So it's a change from a year ago. And with that change, there's new different things, good, bad, neutral, all of it. So Mm -hmm. I'm in that headspace of I actually tend to be an individual that thrives when a little bit of chaos is introduced because the (laughs) chaos to me brings opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to actually look to Ray next and just how are you doing, Ray? 
I, well, I just want to like respond to what you're saying because I feel like I've landed at that so many times in my life. I mean, for better or for worse, that was my history for a long time. And I think I let it kind of dominate in a negative way. And then once I started leaning into that as opportunity and getting stronger and like meeting those challenges, I even remember that like during lockdown initially, it was like, all right, I'm ready for this. Like I'm used to <laughs> switching it up and things being completely different. Like, let's go, like, let's figure this out. And I do think that speaks to like our shared strengths as well. Right. I think all three of us are really good at that. It's part of what can be difficult to translate because everybody is kind of educated in that like binary or linear thinking. Right. So it's like, well, what's going to happen? And we're like, we don't know. Right. Like, and people don't like that answer, but yeah, how am I doing? I mean, it's funny also that I am sort of like navigating that in that they were like doing work around our house for the last few weeks and I couldn't work in my studio. And I just had to like embrace, adapt, accept that instead of just being frustrated about it, which there was, you know, a little bit of that, but yeah. And I guess also just to name gratitude for us as a team as well, I think us being good at this is also what allows us to bring what we need to into work and also like take that space when we need to. So it's not this level of like guilt, like, oh no, I can't make it today. And I feel like an awful person. It's like, no, we do that all the time. And please go take care of the things you need to go take care of. So feeling a lot of things. I think we're all navigating a bit of chaos these days. And again, I think we're just anchored in our strength in knowing that's just like life in some ways. Vicky, you're muted. Vicky, you're muted. Oh, see, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> the saying of the pandemic, right? It's maybe take, like, maybe take. Muted. Oh, God. Okay. Take a deep breath and then give a space and that can be edited out. Here we are. We don't have to edit it out because here's the deal. We are... <laughs> Going with the flow, yes. like a twig on the banks of a mighty river. Oh, yes. That is currently <laughs> overflowing here in New Mexico. And breeding mosquitoes. <laughs> and breeding mosquitoes. <laughs> it's true. We don't, we're not used to those kinds of flying bugs in New Mexico unless there's like heavy, heavy rain. All right. I don't even know what I was going to say while I was muted. Oh, I do. I love that Eileen talked about thriving in chaos because I certainly feel that as well, but I also really love change. And maybe that's part of the reason I have such an entrepreneurial mindset is that <laughs> I like to change things up, but I'm also a fail forward, learn from your mistakes, move on and, you know, do the next thing. And it's okay. But I also like change a lot. And, you know, things like moving, changing jobs, that was never really scary to me. There's a lot of people have instability in that feeling, but I, I've never had that. Um, I always kind of felt like I can take care of me. Therefore, I rely on me. Therefore, I'm okay. <laughs> and I understand that not everybody feels that way, but I think change is a good thing most times for most folks. And I agree with you, Ray. During the lockdown, I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I, it was a challenge, right? Like it was, for me, it was a real challenge of like, okay, how do we 
sort of reconfigure things and make this as most comfortable as possible. We adapted as a company really quickly because we were already online so much anyway, but we were able to continue that work too. And I feel like as a company, it's interesting, I was reflecting on this yesterday because I actually did take a day yesterday of wellness and focused on myself because I wasn't feeling well. I had a terrible headache and I was really, really tired and I just, I had like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It just like a day that hit me hard. And so you two were like, yep, that's cool. See you tomorrow. No big deal. And you had my back and you took over a meeting, which was great. But we've, we adapted as a company as well and maintained our sort of pandemic values, essentially, right? And we've talked about that on this show before of how are you surviving after the pandemic? How are you thriving? How are you maintaining what you implemented as a workplace? And I think that's an important piece of it is that we do really, we stress to each other, like, get outside, go do what you need to do, go run your errands. We'll be, you know, see you in two hours. It's no big deal. We're not on a set schedule of nine to five, clock in, clock out. We're on a work when you can, get your work done, be here to support each other, step out when you need to, step up when you can. So that's really what we're talking about today is how do we have radical wellness in our work lives and in our personal lives? And I think one thread to bring in that I think has been consistent in really all of our podcast episodes is this theme that we're not okay. The world is not okay. Um, We had all of these things that were brought up during the pandemic in terms of inequities and there was increased awareness. And with Mm -hmm. increased awareness, then there comes all these other things of, well, what do we do about it? And people it was multiple truths that people had were all impacted by the pandemic and systems of injustice and all of these things. And those impacts landed differently on different people mm-hmm. and different communities. I was reading recently an article that talked about, you know, are you okay? Should you ask people that question? How are you doing? Are you okay? And the reality is, is that people aren't okay. I mean, right. we see that in all different ways. I mean, we see it not just in our work, but we see it with people driving on the road and increase. I mean, we've talked about, we talked about this in a previous episode around increased car accidents and the impact that people's mental well-being is having, that they're not able to concentrate as much and focus. And Mm -hmm. so we're seeing that play out in, in all different ways on a daily basis. And one way to talk about countering that is, you know, radical in terms of getting to the root basic you know what is what are radical acts of wellness and i know for us we talk a lot about not just the physical end of things but mental emotional social spiritual so my curiosity for our conversation is really around what are radical acts of wellness what does Mm -hmm. that look like within our framework of transformational leadership i we it and i'm curious if either of you have immediate thoughts I think I have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) I mean, I guess one thing and kind of how we started off in prepping for today is bringing in just like the idea of that checking in with self can be radical in a world where that's not encouraged. We do a lot out of like conditioning and obligation and not checking in with ourselves. So there's already a radical act 
in constantly doing that. And we talk about a lot of things being a practice. And I feel like that is absolutely one of the most valuable practices to keep doing. And that can take many forms, right? Some people wake up in journal. It's being able to take that breath when like a big emotion comes out and not just like throwing that at somebody. It's like Vicky said, knowing like, hey, today I am not going to be my best. And it's probably better for me to lean on the support systems I have than subject myself to a conversation I'm not prepared for or not going to show up as my best. And I think that also points to like this delicate balance that we bring up as well of like, yes, we want to bring ourselves to work and not feel limited in who we are. And there's also limitations to like what our workplace is, what can be provided at work and knowing that we need to also be cultivating these other avenues of care and wellness and yeah, just taking care of ourselves outside of like literally our professional work, because that's what lets us show up as ourselves. And that doesn't mean like all of the emotions in the room at all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the great examples is something that we just used recently, actually, to support a client in a difficult conversation. And the idea that you don't have to answer a question, you don't have to be You don't have to have all the answers in that conversation. You can say, I need time to think about that. I will get back to you. Or taking a deep breath before you answer so that you calm the body. Eileen, you're so good about the embodiment of radical behavior. Radical (laughs) acceptance. Radical acceptance. All these things. Doing things differently. Feel it in your body, right? Like take the breath before you answer. Take the breath before you react because it can sometimes actually stop you from reacting in a negative way, right? And really reset your system. So I think that's an interesting radical way of being in conversation with people in a difficult conversation space. I think one of the other big acts of radical wellness, certainly that I have, is truly putting down the devices and saying, no, for the next hour, I am doing this thing and I'm not going to look at my device. I'm not going to answer that email. It can wait another 30 minutes. That text doesn't need to be answered right now. It's okay. That's a huge thing. And for those of us that are running businesses and doing the work of supporting clients and Gemini's and, and uh, Gemini's, (laughs) right. We're doing a lot and, 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 and we have a whole list of stuff. Executive directors are always, you know, doing everything and in that constant reactionary mode. And so I feel like that is a radical thing to say, nope, not answering it. And no one needs to know that you're saying no, just don't answer, right? You can say what you need to say, and it can wait an hour. It's okay. I want to go back a few steps because I love talking about embodiment stuff. And I think this conversation to me is so, like the embodiment piece is so central to it and connected to devices and putting devices away and all of that. I think from my perspective, that radical act of wellness for me has really presented itself as a radical act of rest. Um, I think about the really great work of the NAP ministry. And if you don't know, if you've never heard of the NAP ministry, pause the podcast and go Google it and look it up because they're doing some really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And the, the premise really is about rest. And I think for me, as somebody who is a student of and practitioner of doing embodiment work, especially embodied social justice, so connection to self, connection to others, and connection to the land, it all comes back to our bodies and what our bodies are telling us and how much we've actually been disconnected from that inner wisdom and knowledge that we all just have built into our bodies, but we just have been taught through dominant culture to ignore in all the ways. And I didn't plan on being this vulnerable, but I'm just going to go for it. Of For me, I've actually been in a year-long process of radical rest. And I'm finally accepting that whole, it's that whole go slow to go fast saying. And for me, I didn't realize until I had stepped away from being an executive director how burned out I was, how tired mm-hmm. I was. And I realized the more I rested, the more tired I got. Yep. And it was actually this this really interesting thing of you don't know how tired you are sometimes till you give yourself space. And I think it's natural that then you can feel even more tired. And a few months ago when I thought, okay, now I'm turning the corner and getting back. Nope. (laughs) My body was like, I don't think so. It's not time yet. So I rested more. I took better care of myself in terms of not just rest, but eating well, movement, giving myself space, having boundaries, all those things. And then all of a sudden it was like everything clicked into place and switched because I took that time and moved slowly. And just that practice of resting, I feel so much more grounded, excited about things and like that burned out feeling. I now, now feeling better, I didn't realize how bad I felt, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think rest is like such a huge part of it. And with that rest can come all these amazing things that I feel like then I can be a better team member for Prospera Partners. I can also put more of my energy and time to the creative things that I like doing and other things in life. I'm a better friend. Um, I'm a better family member. All these things now are literally like blossoming because of taking that time. Mm -hmm. And it took way longer than I ever would have expected to feel better. Yeah. I I remember when when I was an executive director and I was super overwhelmed going through my own, all sorts of personal stuff. And I was doing it all, taking it all on, working, 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 workaholic, because it was a great distraction from the emotions. And I was working with a coach and she said to me, Hey, how about you just sit down and take a breath? And I got really pissed off. I was like, I don't have time to breathe. What are you talking about? I don't have time for a breath. (laughs) I was so angry at her. And she's like, "Mm, let's just sit down and breathe. (laughs) And I did. And then several years later, when I went through an even worse year of my life and everything was terrible, including losing my beloved dog, Sadie, who I've talked about on the show, I actually taught myself how to be completely in my body. And I've been a yoga practitioner since I was in my 20s. But it wasn't until that moment when I felt such deep, deep grief and loss. And losing a dog can be very it's very tragic for those of us who have a companion that is, she was my shadow, right? She came everywhere with me. And when she wasn't in my car, I felt like I had forgotten her, right? And when she wasn't sitting under my desk, 
there was something missing. There was a hole in my heart. And I remember every morning I would wake up and stare at the ceiling and literally feel myself, like put my hands on my arms, feel my legs, make sure I was still alive, make sure I was still breathing and think, okay, how am I? Am I okay? Can I get up today? Do I need to stay in bed for an extra 10 minutes? Do I need to cry? What do I need to do right now in the next 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it's going to take? And then what do I need to do? And maybe the next thing was get up, make a cup of tea and start your day. Or it was, "Mm, maybe you're going back to bed for a little while. It's okay. And it was in those moments and giving myself that permission that I learned how to truly, truly be in my body and feel what it felt like to actually have all of those feelings and emotions. And I was able to kind of let all of the the happiness of having had 12 years of my Sadie in my life, right? And feel like, oh, okay, <laughs> she was an amazing part of my life and not feel just the sadness constantly, right? The other thing that was super helpful was in a yoga class. I went to this new teacher I had never been to before because I thought I need to do something a little different. So I went to this new teacher and the first thing she said to us was, we often start our poses with our dominant side of our body. If you're right-handed, you'll typically start with your right foot, right hand. And she said, tonight, I want you to try to use your non-dominant side and start a pose in the, in the more uncomfortable way of using your non-dominant side. And so we were doing that for the entire class and it was super clumsy and it was funny and we were laughing and playing. And what she said at the end was, this is a way to help rewire the brain and to get even more into your body. And it's what I needed in that moment of like, oh my gosh, I've been sitting in so much grief and so much other stuff had happened. I don't want to get into all that. But all of that grief was suddenly like, oh, okay. It doesn't feel like it used to because I just repatterned my body to move in a different way, to be different. I'm still who I am, but I'm now doing something differently. And I would love to tie this into the the I, we, it, because I feel like so much of this is around the I and how valuable that is to take care of so we can show up for the work. And while Eileen was talking, I was really reminded of the it and the conditions that we're living under. And so when we're not caretaking and a lot of it's external factors we can't control too that we're navigating in society, but it's created this like anxiety, information overload, this like this urgency that like layers and in to everything that we do. And so our decision-making is also like awful when we're coming from that place and things like grief, like Vicky's naming. And I'm someone who's unfortunately been through a lot of grief in my life, a lot of losses. And what you learn is it doesn't go away, right? It's not like, Mm -hmm. all right, went through my grieving and I'm done. It's like, no, that is probably going to stay with you for the rest of your life. So it's so valuable to learn how to take care of yourself because it's going to come up in unexpected ways, right? I still have the moments where like I'm driving and a song comes on and next thing I know I'm like crying about my dad. I'm like, whoa, like Mm -hmm. I was not expecting Mm -hmm. that to come up today. 
But because I've done practices and I'm constantly trying to like examine that and write and, and do these different practices when that happens, I'm not like floored by it. I'm not like totally distraught. And that doesn't mean I have, don't have like really sad moments, but it means that I know how to like caretake for that. And it's not so much like compartmentalizing, but just like having that awareness again and really bringing it full circle to like what we were saying earlier of like, okay, like say that happens right before a big meeting, I can know like, hey, Vicky Eileen, I just was like overcome with some grief that I didn't realize was going to come up today. And I need to go like take care of myself. And I think as a whole, that's just part of what's missing. And again, there's like multiple truths in that. We don't have a lot of spaces for that. A lot falls on the individual when we need community care. So it is a very complex thing that we're trying to cultivate. But I think it's why a lot of my own energy is like, how do we foster these spaces? I want to be a resisting force and I want to go against these oppressive forces, but I don't always want to be fighting. I want to be cultivating something. And that cultivation comes in that wellness and care, creative practice, physical practices, getting into the land, breathing air outside, my dog's now almost 14, so I'm actually doing some of those body checks on her. I'm like, is she breathing okay? How's her pain today? <laughs> oh. um, so, yeah, I feel like it's just, right, we're systems thinkers. So I've just always drawn to, like, how does this all come together? And I think people think, you know, wellness practice can be really selfish sometimes. And sure, if that's all you're doing is, like, silent retreats and yoga by yourself and like never engaging outside of yourself. Like, yeah, that can get a little selfish and you really need to like understand what practices are going to benefit you so you can show up for these moments. And that's why I named the grief piece, right? Our challenges aren't going anywhere. Like this is mm -hmm. a generational struggle and it, it, it feels urgent, right? It feels really like intense, but if we're always in that intensity, it's, it's going to go back to that burnout. Like Eileen was naming. Mm -hmm. I think this might be a really good place for us to transition to closing. And I want to mark and name perhaps in a future podcast episode, we can talk about grief in connection to the workplace and grief, um, not just as death, but grief as a variety of losses mm -hmm. and can open things up for change. I wonder if we can maybe explore that topic more because I think there's a lot in there. Totally. Yeah, I love that. And to wrap things up, just going to do the WTF and aha moment. So Vicky, I'm going to look to you first to kick us off. What was your WTF and or aha moment? Uh, well... <laughs> I I was going to suggest a spin on it because we actually, okay. the three of Let's us. Let's be flexible and go the, with it. The three of us yes. actually share a hilarious and unlikely shared love of, can I, can I out you both on? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, fine <laughs> with it. I'm fine with it. I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> we, unlikely because you probably wouldn't think about this because, you know, here we are talking about systems change and we're always talking about anti-oppression and we're, you know, we do all this important and heavy 
lightheaded social justice work, but we also are slightly addicted to reality TV. <laughs> and so I feel like that is, that's a radical act of self-care is tuning out sometimes and tuning into something that is just a little absurd in some ways. So I want to flip it around and ask you both if you will share with us your favorite reality TV shows. Well, Vicky, since you opened us up to all of this, I think you need to share first yeah. and then we'll share. Well, I have an obsession with survivor type shows. So I love Naked and Afraid, which is ridiculous that two people get together naked who have never seen each other before and they have to spend 28 days in the wild, completely naked, trying to survive. And I will say this, that out of the hundreds of episodes I've watched, the men always tap out first. So that's an interesting study and they have never really explored why that is. I have some theories. I also love like nature, like home building in the wild kind of stuff, like building off the grid kind of stuff. Uh, it fascinates me. So, Well, that's a little more wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> they are wholesome. Yes, it's true. I think I have that kind of balance too, where like, I love a good documentary. Like I love documentaries. Like if I can't decide what to watch I just like go to the documentary section yeah, and I'm like me too I think maybe that's back to being Gemini we're like information I want to learn something new yes and I feel like the one I keep coming back to is below deck I mean I did work service industry forever so there's part of me that's like oh if I knew this was a thing when I was like 18 maybe I would have <laughs> like gone and worked on yacht boats but right, it, it helps because we do a lot of this heady work and sometimes you just need to like get out of it. You just need to like laugh at yes. some ridiculousness and like look at a pretty landscape and like remember life's not always so serious. Like we don't have to always be so serious. Um, so there's a there's a bit of like levity in embracing the reality show. Eileen? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll share. I mean, I have many favorites. And I'm someone who's very serious, so I need to balance things with ridiculousness. So I will share that one of my latest things, and it's so absurd, has been um, I really have been into the whole Love is Blind thing on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And it's so absurd in particular because being someone who's queer and, like, loves that kind of queer love, queer love is a radical act, is it's so absurd to watch something so rooted in heteronormative culture. And I will say it's almost like watching a documentary because I'm like, what are the straights doing right now? What are they doing? Why are they doing this? I really don't understand. And it's just so wild. But I think it is this, well, what is that balance of seriousness and committing to the work that we do balanced with laughter and absurdness. Absolutely. Well, we're having some technical difficulties, Eileen. I hope I, it looks like we're now totally losing you. So this was our Roll With It episode. <laughs> Ray, thank you for being here. And thank you to both for rolling with it. And hopefully next time, well, I don't know what next time will be. Who knows? That's life. <laughs> we'll see. Well, that's right. We're just rolling with it. Thanks for your flexibility, both of you, and for your reality TV shares. I appreciate you both. <laughs> Have a great day. Until next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Impact Out Loud podcast, the podcast that empowers bold impact for good, powered by Prospera Partners. 
If you liked what you heard, subscribe to Impact Out Loud wherever you get your podcasts and follow Prospera Partners on your favorite social media. If you are inspired to make community-based solutions and systems change, Prospera Partners offers workshops and programs that are open to all. For more information, visit prosperapartners.org. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be well and do good.